Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. His mercy and Hear the commandment of God to his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of bondage. You shall have no other gods but me. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. 
Brothers say, Have mercy on us and forgive us. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from thy ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of thy word, Jesus Christ thy Son who with thee and the Holy Spirit liveth and reigneth one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. 
and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. The word of the Lord. A reading from Romans. The promise to Abraham and his descendants that they should inherit the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there are no transgressions. 
That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants. For he is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the as it is written, that I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the, of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls the existence into existence the things that do not exist. <clears throat> in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he has been told, so shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness, but the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him that raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was put to death for our trespasses and raised for our justification. The word of the law. The word of the God. The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus began to teach his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not on the side of God, but of men. He called to him the multitude with his disciples and said to them, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. 
Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. His name was Samuel Hansen Addy. He grew up in the country of Ghana, the western part of the country of Ghana. And he was like every other child in Ghana. He had a nice home with a little, or a nice village home. He played football with all the boys, which is what we know as soccer. He went to a British church school. He was very well educated. But unlike most of the other children in his village in Ghana, the priest and the schoolmaster noticed in Samuel something that was not present in everyone. Samuel had an increased faith or devotion. He enjoyed serving at the altar. He enjoyed Bible studies, Bible lessons, anything church-related. You could always count on him being there willingly and wanting. So it was. Samuel went from being just an ordinary child in his village to being the lead altar boy, to excelling at high school. And after high school, he was accepted as a candidate in seminary. He went through seminary, and when he got his graduate degree from seminary, he was ordained at a very young age. From that point, Father Samuel went and worked in several villages in Ghana before ending up as a canon at the cathedral in Accra. By the point he was a canon at the cathedral, he was married with two or three children. I can't remember exactly how many. But Father Samuel was given an opportunity that very few in this world are given. He was given the opportunity to come to these United States and to receive his doctorate in ministry through the Lilly Foundation grant. And that's how I got to meet Father Samuel. It was at Seabury Western. He was working on his D-Men and I on my master's degree. We met there. Uh, Father Samuel did very well. Very smart, devout person. Father Samuel also got very lucky. He got a post or he took a position with one of the larger churches on the North Shore, which is one of the more affluent areas in the United States. He was very well set. He had a nice job. He had a Lily Grant to get his doctorate. And I remember one day back in the early 90s when Father Samuel got some disturbing news, there was um, a violent outbreak or an outbreak of violence where uh, Muslims had come in and destroyed a few Christian schools and they had killed uh, nine or ten priests. And Father Samuel, the Archbishop of Ghana, Anglican Archbishop of Ghana, had called Father Samuel and asked him to come home and asked him to go out into eastern Ghana and to oversee what was left of the church out there. I remember Father Samuel telling me this with tears in his eyes, both tears for the losses of his family and friends and the losses that had occurred in Ghana, but also Father Samuel had just been offered a post as rector at that large parish he was at. It had a rectory, a very, very nice house, a very nice stipend. He could move his wife and his two children over to the North Shore they could have a very, very nice life together. And Samuel was faced with a very difficult decision. 
And I stayed up with Samuel for a night or two in prayer and meditation and reading on the scriptures and talking things through. And Father Samuel chose to leave school, to leave the Lily Grant, to leave his post at that parish, to go out into eastern Ghana with his family, to oversee as dean what was left of the churches and villages that they had. <coughs> if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will find it. What does it mean to take up your cross? Our Lord tells us to do so this morning in the Gospel, but what does it mean? It's a very common expression here in the South to say, well, that's his cross to bear, that's her cross to bear. We think about that when we talk about personal burdens, such as addictions or addictive behavior, or living with someone with addictive behavior, that's their cross to bear. Or disabilities, sicknesses and illnesses, that's their cross to bear. Difficulties in personalities or work ethics or things of that nature, any sort of thing that is not normal, we attribute to being their cross to bear their cross to bear. It's almost, in our southernisms, akin to, will bless their heart, right? That's their cross to bear. So we use that very casually, or we use it across a span of a number of things, and while we can achieve holiness, and do achieve holiness through our personal burdens, through disabilities and difficulties, through dealing with people who are less than perfect, we can achieve holiness, but I don't think that is what our Lord speaks of this morning when he tells us to pick up our cross and follow him. I think when our Lord tells us to do that this morning, he is telling us to have more than a casual faith, to take up our cross and have more than a casual faith. To take up your cross and follow Jesus is to choose the will and desire of God Almighty over your own will and desire. It is to decide that you will do God's will over yours. It is to take your faith seriously. Father Samuel prayerfully, agonizingly considered God's call, led him back to Ghana into a place of persecution. I remember in his prayers, he asked, God, what do you wish me to do? What do you wish me to do? And it was striking, uh, even though that seems like something we'd hear a lot, it was one of the first times I'd heard that in prayer because growing up and people who are in school or in university now will be familiar with this. Normally, uh, our prayers to God are something like, oh God, get me through this test. Oh God, help me get through this day. Help me get through this. Help me get through that. We get older. It's the same, oh God, help me get this job. Oh God, help me do a good job with this job. Oh God, help me this way. Oh God, help me this way. It's rare that we ask the prayer or offer the prayer, God, what would you have me do today? God, what is your will for my life today? God, how can you use me today? Because that's the question. 
do we use God, help me with this, help me with that, or do we allow God to use us? God, I offer myself to you today. That's the question. And that's what it means to take up your cross. Now, when you take up your cross, when you take faith more than casually, more than showing up for church occasionally and asking God to help you with things, it will change your life. It will make your life more difficult. It will also make your life blessed and a blessing to others. It will make your life a blessing to others to pick up your cross and follow me. It does not necessarily mean we will all end up like Father Samuel Hanson Addy out in East Ghana, worried about violence and persecution. We might end up in the national spotlight as a celebrity. We might end up as a house mom. We might end up as a parish priest. We might end up as a business person. But we will end up with the cross of Jesus. And that cross will be our glory, not our shame. How seriously do we take our faith? That is what we are asked to investigate this Lent in every Lent. How seriously do we take our faith? Do we use God? Is God an object? Or do we allow God to use us? To pick up our cross is to allow God into the deepest, tenderest places in our soul. To pick up our cross is to offer the entirety of our lives to God not just parts, to say to God each and every day, my God, my Lord and my God, I love you and I offer my life to you. How will you use me today? My God, how will you use me today? How may I be of service to you this day? That is where our prayer life needs to grow into. If we are only at the point of asking God to help us through tests or to help us do good on jobs or to help us with this or to help us with that, we have growing to do. To pick up our cross is to ask God how we may serve him, to ask God how he may use us and to do that on a daily basis. And when he tells us how he will use us, when he tells us how he will use us, when we feel called to things that are beyond our comfort zone, to do them. To do that which God has put on our hearts to do is to pick up our cross. And I pray, my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, that we may all have a faith like that of Father Samuel. That we all may every day ask God how we may be used by him. And when he puts it in our hearts, that we may do that which he has asked of us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, 
He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no ends. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Kneeling, let us pray. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, Jessica Dees, Maggie Farrell, Karen Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Kim Johnson, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, and Lynn Williver. And for the birth of Grant and Gibbs Whitson, for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Mary Alice Howard, Anna Milham, Byron Myrick, Noel Rogers, and George Benson. Also for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially John and Andrea Milham. For those who suffer in body and mind or spirit, especially Connie Baxter, Lisa Bichelon, Forrest Boyd, Beth Boykin, Mac Bullock, Cesar Centeno, Lucas Geraldo, the Davis family, Ed Hardy, Bonnie Garner, Margie Hohenstein, Bill Hersom, Leroy Jensen, Sharon LaRochelle, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Jose, Josie McDaniel, Jean Miller, 
Austin Morgan, Sherry Parrish, Jenny Lou Kwong, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Rule Childs, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Robert Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stancil, Henry Temple, Joan Todd, Mary Wade, Kitty Watkinsback, Shirley Waldrop, and Maria Webb. For all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazard, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Buthler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Dramilla, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and White Welch. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, our God, you are of eyes too pure to behold iniquity. Have mercy upon us, we pray, for our sins accuse us and we are troubled by them and put to shame. We have done wrong to ourselves in ignorance and to our sisters and brothers in willfulness <coughs> and by our selfish and faithless ways have grieved your Holy Spirit. Forgive us, we humbly pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Also with you. Good morning, uh, everyone, and, and welcome to St. John's on this second Sunday in Lent. Uh, today, I wanted to to announce to you um, a very special offering and opportunity you have at 2 p.m. this afternoon. Our own Janine Beasley will will be in concert or giving a rec- concert or recital. She'll be giving a recital here at 2 p.m., uh, which she is. Uh, as many of you know, she's a soloist in our choir. She does a kinder music program. Works with the youth of our parish in many, many ways. Has been a longtime parishioner, sister of Troy, uh, and so uh, excellent performer. So, so please do consider that as part of your afternoon activities at two o'clock. Uh, then at five p.m. here in the church, we'll have um, Stations of the Cross with Benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. That begins at five p.m. Uh, so I encourage you to make that a part of your Lenten devotions. Uh, And then this week, as you know, we'll continue with daily morning prayer every morning in the chapel at 8.05. Wednesday at lunch, we'll continue with our healing Eucharist. Uh, So that's about 25 minutes. It's in the parish, I mean, in the chapel in the parish hall. And then 
Uh, it, in the evening on Wednesday, we'll continue with our even song series or evening prayer series at 515 here in the church. So I commend all those to you. And I think that is all that is uh, pressing. So everyone, welcome. Scribe to the Lord, the honor to his name, bring offerings and come into his courts.
Please stand. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings upon our lives. We give thanks especially this day for the gift in virtue of faith that brings about salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. We offer special intentions for all those Christians throughout this wide world journeying through Lent. We pray that it may be profitable for us all, and we pray especially the safety of those whose public profession of faith might cost them their lives. We remember also, O Lord and Heavenly Father, the children of this world. Lift them up, protect them, keep them from harm. Especially we remember and hold before you those who live in areas of war and violence, famine and oppression, the unwanted and unloved. May we also do our best to alleviate their suffering. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen.
Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. The night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, and this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension. We offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. John, our patron, and all your saints, into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful Christ our Lord, to him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Grant, Almighty God, that your people may recognize their weakness and put their whole trust in your strength, so that they may rejoice forever in the protection of your loving providence, through Christ our Lord. Amen.